So now that you've chosen the vanity, paint, and bathroom tile, you still can't decide on the faucet. Let the Home Depot make that easier by saving $10 on the sleek, modern Moen Genta faucet. Right now, it's only 89 bucks. How's that for easy choices? The Moen Genta faucet. Now, just 89 bucks during the winter kitchen and bath event at the Home Depot. More saving, more doing. Vowed through March 24th while supplies last. Welcome to the Zadzoops Happy Hour, a podcast providing commentary on the latest in film, TV, games, and comics. My name is Todd Stoll, and I'm joined by 25-year veteran reporter covering pop culture, video games, and technology for the Washington Times, Joseph Zadkowski. You're going to go into Carrie Fisher? Okay. Hey, guess what? It's 2017. Welcome. We're off to a great start. We're off to a great start. Um, I hit mute, or someone hit mute by accident. <laughs> You're going to admit Joe. that? Yeah, you know what? It's 2017. It can't be any worse than We're off to a great start. I had a great 2016, by the way. You know, mine I wasn't... don't care about politics. Oh, no, I don't either. I had a great 2016. I'm done with the whole social media thing and politics. Yeah. I could do without that for the next four years. Thank I have you very unfriended much. dozens of people at this point. Mm-hmm. So, during my time off, yeah, I finally re-signed up for Netflix, because it's been yeah. a while, and I finally ran out of source material on other networks. And I got to tell you, and I know you haven't done it yet, you have got to watch Stranger Things. It is so good. This is about the second time you've endorsed that. I have. recommended it. I have. And I'm actually going back to watch it a second time just to see if I missed anything. But It's that good? It's that good. Um, but I just want to make sure, because there's, there's some Easter eggs in there. They throw a lot of nostalgia in around like the 80s. 80s Easter eggs? That's yeah, my decade, baby. There's like Jaws signs. Wow. Yeah, so the... the <laughs> Don't ruin it. I won't ruin it, but the sheriff wears the khaki uniform, and his deputies wear the blue uniforms, just like Jaws. Wow. I mean, they're, they are throwing callbacks to shows left and right. There's E.T., there's Stand By Me. I mean, it is awesome. And and as a child of the '80s, I can right. appreciate it. They've got a good soundtrack. Uh, should I stay or should I go? Is in there Excellent. quite a bit. Um, the, what they wear is awesome. The cars they drive. I mean, it's just all good. And and it's got a great story. It's a supernatural story. Um, I think you'll really dig it. The only thing that I would say is, you know, the new season comes out in July, and I so I'm waiting. I binged it. Nah, and so know. now I'm like, oh, I'm going to wait. I'm going to wait. I'm kind of addicted to it at the moment. It was so good. But, you know, you've got that. And so you're, you're saying I got a lot I can watch. I think you got There's a no lot. reason to leave my home I, entertainment center. No, ever. no. I mean, Man in a High Castle on Amazon. That's right. Which is. I got Amazon now. Two seasons. I got a good deal on Prime. Yep. And then you've got. Netflix doing their own original stuff. House of Cards has got to be coming back soon. I'm way behind in their Marvel stuff. Yeah. Daredevil, Jessica Jones, uh, What's Luke the, Cage. Yeah, Luke Cage. I really I got to watch that. Iron Fist, Defenders. There's a lot of good stuff coming up there. Hulu's got their original stuff. 112263. I don't know if you ever watched that. That was so good with James Franco kind of going back trying to prevent the assassination of Kennedy. Oh, really? It was so... It's wow. based on a book, but okay. it's so good. I mean... I I don't. You have to imagine at this point that the major 
networks are freaking out. I mean, what are they going to do? The only thing that I, I'm a little disappointed in is, is that CBS decided that they're going to run the new Star Trek TV series only on their online service. What? They're going to do the. I know, but why? But yeah, that's my point. Like, this, it just doesn't have an audience. Like, Hulu's got an audience. Netflix right. has a massive audience. Right. Amazon has a built in audience if you're right. a Prime member, which you should be. Right. So. I don't understand that. It, it, to me, like they're going to put the first episode out on TV, and then you got to pay to watch it. And I just, I don't well, see it. Just put it on YouTube. That's what I'm saying. Right. You know, or, or you know, charge the two ninety nine per episode on YouTube, or throw it on iTunes. Because I got a smart TV, and I'm now spending hours of time every night trolling through YouTube, if that's the correct phrase, looking at things. <laughs> Like Beatle tribute bands and old Saturday Night Live skits, but you and know what? Live Pretenders footage. Their their algorithms have really made it almost impossible to not view the related content. Yeah, it's just so good, right? I mean, it's it's. I watched a Jim Carrey blooper re- reel last night, and it was laughing. Have you ever watched any of the um, audition tapes for SNL? No. Oh, you got to go. They're all look. over oh, that, too? Oh, yeah. And some of them are, I mean, Carrie's is amazing. Um, I guarantee myself, I mean, they say it's always good to laugh once a day. Yeah. I can now laugh once a day. Yeah. Guaranteed. Well, SNL has its own app, too. Yeah, but I like sticking with the smart TV yeah. idea concept. I think, I think it's actually. I got a lot of good stuff. I think you can get it well, on the smart right. TV. I'll dig into that. So, you know, there's really no there's really no there's reason. really no reason to have any type of life outside no. your television. No, and there there's now too much good TV. There's too much. I can't watch it all. There's yes. Like I'm I'm fully be I've only I only watched the first episode of the new Walking Dead. That's it. I haven't watched any more. Although I'm kind of done with it too. So that might I've be part also of it. completely fallen behind Fear the Walking Dead. I'm now a season behind. Oh me too. Because I can't catch up. No. With everything else going no. on. No. No. So, yes. Yes. We, you Ignore know, your friends and family. All you have to do now is sit on your couch and watch television. Just slowly grow into it and never leave. The days of stupid reality TV are gone. They are gone. There, There is just too much good TV out there. Right. So. Now you're going to transition? We I, I want to listen to this. We Go should ahead. transition How from you do this? amazing TV into to, <laughs> let's talk about Rogue One. Okay. Which I actually saw. This would make the second Star Wars movie I've seen. The first one I saw in 2016. Right. Which was episode seven. So you've only seen the good stuff. I've only seen seven and I've seen this one. I know four, five, and six, but I only know the Family Guy versions. And I feel like I'm fairly caught up on it. It's good enough. You know, it is what I'm it is. I'm glad you admit that. I love me some Family Guy. That's putting into perspective yes. what you know about Star Wars. Well, that's fine. That's fine. It's okay. All right. So, special effects on this movie were very good. Right. Um, the story, uh, which we're going to completely ruin this for anyone who hasn't seen it, so feel free to skip ahead. Right. But this is the story of how the plans for the Death Star are stolen. My gripe with this movie is really only one, which is kind of a big one, in that there is a lot of character development that is left on the table that you just don't know a lot of backstory about these characters, and some of them are amazing. The location development 
is better than the character development. Yeah, how many planets did they jump between? Like six or seven? Yeah. A lot of good stuff. A, a lot, lot of, of terrain. A lot of terrain, which I don't really feel like you've ever... you. From what I can tell, you don't really get a whole lot of that in the other movies, do you? Yeah, but this was excessive. Yeah, a little right? bit. I mean, it was but, sort but of like, look the, at our fancy toys. It gave you the chance to see a lot of neat Stormtrooper costumes. Yeah, I mean, they right? definitely... The Stormtroopers sound just as stupid as they did in the... Okay, and explain to me the concept of the Death, the death Trooper and exactly what they did. Because I didn't see them doing a lot in this movie. Other, Other than, than shooting, shooting and and missing, there was no difference. Yeah, than this from the storm to the death. No, none. Other than they had really cool armor. Yeah, but that's it. There's, there's and they're no... really cool action figures. Okay, but that's it. Yeah, I mean, I don't what know. what the heck. I again, I can only go from from what I can say. So, where I had an issue is that I do know that in episode four, I know I know the story behind it, but. This seemed like a bit of a stretch to say that we're going to show the Death Star functioning, which my understanding was in that episode four, it hadn't achieved a proper function until they used it on a planet. On a planet. But in this film, they apparently have the ability to obliterate cities. cities right. And so that's kind of new information that no one is aware of. Um, unfortunately... Every time they use it on a city, they completely decimate a cast member. And in the case of the second time, they wipe the entire cast off the map. That's right. So there's no one left from this movie. We both could have used more Saw Guerrera, more Forrest Whitaker. Absolutely. He was a Flash. He was a Flash. And he was a great-looking character and probably had a lot to say his, if yeah. he had the chance. His, his costume... And and his backstory could have easily gone another forty minutes. Like Grievous meets Vader. Yeah, it was great. Um, I could have used more of the sort of pairing between, and I'm blanking the katana wielding character. I couldn't pronounce that name, even if you wanted me to. And his friend. Yes, I would have loved about. to have had more. Uh, a, a bigger, a deeper insight into like why they're friends and why they're protecting each other. Right. Um, again, the special effects are amazing. As we were talking earlier in the first time we recorded this, I could tell that. Did you have to admit that you just blew the fourth wall away again, didn't you? It's fine. Um, Look to the camera now. Carrie Fisher's CGI implementation, I found to be very fake. But the other character... Grand Moff Tarkin. I had no clue. Played by... Was CGI. A veteran actor who died years ago and who is Von Helsing in the Dracula movies for mm -hmm. Hammer Films, who you still uh, give me a blank look. Like, I don't even... Like, yeah. is this guy nuts? What That's, are you talking about? But again, I couldn't tell. Right. And it seemed like hers was thrown in at the last minute. Right. So, other than that, I mean... Vader... Vader you didn't bring up Vader. Vader, his you 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 got a little glimpse of his backstory. A little right. bit more you find him in this tank. Right. And now you know he lives alone. In a castle. Well, I guess he has some guys hanging out yeah, with him. Yeah, there's there's in some... a castle on Mustafar. Yeah. That's really which, cool, which, which which means nothing to you again. Not a clue. Nothing. That's fine. Good. Hey. He fought Obi-Wan there. Mm -hmm. He he basically broke the heart of his wife there. 
No spoiler alert. Everyone said not to watch one, two, and three, so that would be why I don't know anything about it. You should go back and watch one, two, and three. I don't know that I can. If you're going to continue to do this with me, you have to go watch. I'll make you sit down and watch one, two, and three. But we'll laugh about it together. You do see his powers. Oh, yeah. In a Full big, force. In a big way. Not quite enough, but it's a good starting it's a, point it's for a, me. Yeah. Um, he has a temper. He's, well, yeah. Most of the uh, <laughs> most of his lackeys all have tempers. <laughs> yeah. But I will say it did keep the kitschy feeling of the stormtroopers not being able to hit a damn thing. Right. Can and knuckleheads. And just knuckleheads in the way that they talk and the way that they behave. And you get to see some X-Wing fighters who are wearing the same outfit that Luke Skywalker right, is wearing. Right, very cool. So they've definitely, you know, tipped their hat to yep. episode four. This is not a standalone film. Regardless of how Disney bills it, this is a prequel to episode because four. probably 30 minutes after that film happened, Vader's on... On Leia's ship. On Leia's ship. Yep. Captain Antilles' ship in and, there. And this, yeah. I mean, it's it's what... It, it it could have been what episode three was. Right. Easily. Um, but it was entertaining. It, it was, you know, for... I brought a seven and a nine-year-old to it, and they didn't have a problem with it. It's very dark. I mean, again, everybody dies. Right. So you might want to tell that so to your eight-year-old. To- when they, I, I told them ahead of time. That action figure you're playing with, Johnny, well, yeah. that character doesn't exist anymore. But I did mention it ahead of so time. So feel free to crash it into a wall. Yeah, everybody dies. That's um, right. And yeah, so that, that makes it a bit now, of a challenge. Now, speaking of everybody dying. Yeah. We, okay, so I would have thought J.J. Abrams. Abrams, am I saying that right? That is correct. Um should have shot episodes eight and nine together with whatever team he was putting together, like Peter Jackson did for the Lord of Rings films, right. because we lost the princess. Correct. And I don't know what they're going to do there. I'm assuming it's going to be... One hell of a rewrite. Because she's supposed to have a really big part in nine. Mm-hmm which is a real drag for her. I know she didn't give a rat's patoot about the fame and the fortune and all that baloney, yep. but she had a really nice resurgence happening right there. Oh, sure. And it's so sad yeah. that that was the timing of it. I mean... Even sadder that her mother, who I really loved in many a film, Debbie Reynolds, died the went next day. All, oh, crushing. That's, that's crazy. Crushing. 2016 was not a great year if you were a celebrity. Right, or a musician. Or a musician. Right. Any 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 sort of notoriety. I mean, then of course Father Mulhay or Mulcahy kicks off the last is the last celebrity death. Ugh. Oh, I'm just like, come on. That right. one stung. That tip. That was just there was no need for that. So yes. Let's talk about Carrie Fisher for a minute here. So I really appreciated her her depth in what the projects that she worked on. Obviously Star Wars for you was a big part of your right. life. Blues Brothers for me. I watched Blues Brothers the other night and, and saw the part at the end when she had that AK-47 or whatever she yeah. was holding and got smoozed into letting, letting him Jake go. and go again, yeah, which was and, cool. And, of course, during that time, um, she and Aykroyd are, I think, dating. Really? And, and uh, they were engaged. Really? And she left him to go back with Paul Simon. What? Yeah. So I didn't. So, know, I didn't know so that. Ackroyd, she and Ackroyd were engaged to be married. And, I don't believe it. And he had to come out. He came out with a statement. 
just saying, right. you know, that he was sad about it. But she is so good in that movie, and she's not on screen a lot. But no. she plays a psycho uh, girlfriend, br- well, former girlfriend, bride left at the bride altar. Left at the altar. And she she fires a bazooka at <laughs> yeah. them at one point. Um, Destroys levels of building. Blows up the blows up the which whole. Which is awesome. Well, so, so yeah, first she sh- shoots a bazooka at the doorway. Right. Then she TNTs Dynamites the, the building right. that they're staying in, and then she's got an AK forty seven and tries to kill him. Right. Uh, she also plays the therapist in Austin Powers, which yeah, I f- completely forgot about. Right. And that's a pretty funny segment. Yep. Um, she did a lot of voiceover work. She played uh, Peter Griffin's boss and family guy. Didn't know that. Wouldn't have ever guessed that was her. Right. If I wasn't paying attention to the end credits. Did a lot of work for a lot of people. Was, um, uh, you know, unfortunately, she was a product of the 70s and a lot of cocaine and a, a lot, lot of excess. A lot of excess. And unfortunately, that probably ended up doing her in. Right. Um, which, I never got past the um, the uh, slave outfit. Yeah. <laughs> that that for you was that just... That brought a new yeah. new high to my life. So that was very un- uh, that was very sad. I don't know what they're going to do. Eight is in the can, so you will see her in you, full. You don't think they're going to pull a Peter Cushing, do you? They wouldn't carry her... F- carry, uh, carry, carry in a film like that. I can't imagine that they have enough footage of her at her age... To do that? To be able to do that. Right. Um, and that that would probably be a little my, disingenuous. My, my assumption is is that they'll have to kill her off early in nine, right? Early Maybe in they'll nine. do something, a couple of scenes with her, or, or patched or, together. Yeah, then... I mean that you're right. The fact that they didn't shoot eight and nine back to back, I mean, but again, it's just Abrams producing at this point. Right. It's a different director, right? Um, I think it's going to be very difficult. I mean, there's there's a lot of the, she apparently was big in eight, and right, and so naturally you would want to see that in nine play out, but uh, you won't. So it is in the can. It's completely done, as far as I can tell. I think they're just working on the special effects at this point, but it is done, and everything is a hundred percent filmed. So she will be in it in its entirety, unless they do a last minute rewrite and somehow kill her character off in eight, which I can't see how they would do that just to honor her. I don't think they would do that. In nope. Eight. I think they'll carry it. Okay. So, you know, lots of, lots of sad things. Right. And, but, but Rogue Run was good. It was, Rogue. it was okay. It was not as good as seven. And the box office also indicates that too. Not, that again, not as sad as the first take you wiped out and what we had. Yeah, come on. Which this really was, was going to be gold. This, this, I would have submitted that for awards listen, consideration. This, this, is, this is like I know, silver we're, gold. This is like we're, we're shooting this in, uh, off of a boat in England in the 60s. But no, this, this, <laughs> this movie would never, was never going to be able to live up to seven because it didn't have Harrison Ford. It didn't have... You just changed topic. Yeah, I'm totally just ignoring <laughs> you now. It didn't have Luke and, and Leia in it. and No, it had no key characters in it. I mean, it made a lot of money. It just didn't make enough. To, what do you mean it didn't make enough? To be able to beat seven. Did you expect it to beat seven? I honestly... I, I think you did. You I predicted it think, to beat seven. Yes, you I did. You sent me a text. And I honestly think that eight will beat seven because she died. I agree. But I think nine, maybe not. Right. We'll see. We'll see. Okay. We'll All be right. back in we'll a minute. Mm-hmm. Sounds Don't good. Don't promise anything. Yep. Bye. 
Communities Digital News, built by the writers and editors that deliver the news 24 hours a day. Visit comdiginews.com. That's C-O-M-M-D-I-G-I news.com. And support the next evolution in news. Okay, let's talk about Sully on Blu-ray, even though we're a little late to the game. Yeah, but it's still a great movie. It was a great movie. I really liked it a lot. Why? Um, well, I mean, it's a real event that happened in my lifetime, and I remember watching it very attentively on the news for 48 hours. And uh, I don't remember it that much. Oh, really? Really. I remember a lot of people... That was almost the first time that you were getting exclusive content posted via social media, where people were going down to the pier taking photos when the boat is in the is or when the plane is in the water and right. it's mostly sunk right. but it's it's anchored so it can't go any further right and people are posting that online and that becomes a big thing you had people who were posting photos where you had all of the passengers on the wings and that's not from a professional photographer these are these are photos that were shot from just random right. people and um so the premise of this movie is this follows flight 1549. Is it 1459 or 1549? 1549. Um, Crap. <laughs> I'm going to my story right now and change that. Um, maybe I'm wrong, but I think it's 1549. I'm sure you're right. And uh, it's a U.S. Airways flight out of uh, LaGuardia. And it is piloted by Captain Sully Sullenberger who in this film is portrayed um, by Tom Hanks and his co-pilot, who I am blanking on his name, um, who is played by Aaron Eckhart. and Jeff Skiles. Okay. and First officer. And the first officer and the pilot, uh, Captain Sullenberger, uh, are ascending to North Carolina. And in the process, there is a bird strike which wipes out both engines. And subsequently... You are left with a total of 208 seconds to determine what they're going to do with this airplane. Can they turn it around and land it? It is determined by Sullenberger and the first officer that they cannot. And they successfully land the plane in the Hudson and save all 155 souls on board. And it follows... But that's not all the story. It is not all the story. It, It really... And I definitely remember reading a lot about this. It follows the struggle he had with instant notoriety and questioning whether or not he got it right. Which is just unbelievable that these pinheaded bureaucrats were trusting computer simulations over like a four-decade veteran pilot. I mean, I get it. Maybe they need to look at this stuff. But at some point, they have to take a look at the man who well, did and, it, and that's and so and, and answer, and and let and, him and, answer for it. And essentially, what he was saying was that because they kept landing the plane, he was, you know, he finally said, "Well, take into the human factor. Well, what do you mean? Well, usually we run a diagnostic, and that takes, you know, before you just you can't just turn the plane around. That's not right. your first instinct. Your first instinct is to figure out what happened. Right." So they add 35 seconds onto the simulation, and everybody crashes the plane. That's right. Regardless of what airport they go to. Right. So it's proven that he did, in fact, make the right decision. 
Uh, Hanks plays this role beautifully. Looks very... I mean, he dyed his hair bright white, grew a mustache, sure. dyed that bright white. I remember seeing him on Letterman promoting another movie and asking, well, what's up? And he's like, oh, I'm playing Sully Sullenberger and I'm, right. you know, I'm completely white. Um, he was great. Aaron Eckhart was fantastic. But who's the director? Clint Eastwood. Right. Home run. Home run. And this movie, considering it was, you know, a historical drama, made a ton of money. Mm-hmm. Made like $250 million with like an $80 million budget. Yeah, and I think part of that is, you know, if you think about it, there's no plane that's ever successfully landed on the water and not had either a total loss of life or major loss of life. And this guy managed to touch this plane down and no one died. Right. And so the, you know, there's, there's a lot of play off of, well, you know, New York needed a good story of with an airplane, you know, and you gave them one. Right. And there's a lot of struggles that, you know, the, the pilot and co-pilot go through in that, they're all of a sudden thrust into the spotlight immediately and they don't know how to handle it and they don't really want to be in the spotlight because they're also fighting this turmoil of, did I do the right thing? And it's peppered throughout the film where he's the, you know, uh, Captain Sullenberger is kind of staring off in the distance or sleeping and he thinks he crashed the plane into buildings. Which is... Really, to watch the visual, the digital transfer is just fantastic, yep. watching that stuff. It's, mm-hmm. it's just scary. So at the end of the film, in the roll, in the, when the credits roll, they do introduce you to the real-life passengers, and they introduce you to the real-life Sully Sullenberger uh, in, the, in a museum in North Carolina where the plane is now. And they show a little bit of this meeting that they have where they dedicate the plane there's a lot of extras, which obviously there's tons of source material on this. So, of course, there's going to be extras. Right. Because there needs to be. But it's the right kind of extras. It's the right kind of extras. And it's a, it's a very good historical telling of this event. And the one thing that I was telling you before we started recording this was I noticed that there's a lot of instances where you can see where the plane is superimposed into the shot. And... But I don't care. I didn't really care right. for it. I mean, I knew it was there, and it's like, but that doesn't bother me because this is giving me a more detailed perspective of what happened than what I saw on the news. And it's giving me the perspective of the person who actually landed the plane, which you can listen to the guy be interviewed on Letterman and everything else, but you don't really get it until you see how they they reenacted it and just how little time. And Eastwood does a great job in that he literally lets the thing play out in real time. Right. And the plane takes off and crashes within 208 seconds or whatever the the length is. So in that aspect, that was so well done. um, And it really, you know, made it a very emotionally charged experience because you're seeing people who think they're dying. You see people who get separated on different sides of the plane. You see people who panic and they jump in the water and they try to swim for shore. I mean, these are things that actually happen but you finally get a, a cinematic experience of what it was probably like being there. Right. Um, so Even further brought to life, there's a Dolby Atmos sound mix. And the takeoffs and the flight and the crash and the landings really 
make it sound like this plane is in your living room and it is that scary, your home entertainment room. Yeah. And it just makes it even scarier because the rumbling and the sound of the engine cutting off and all that stuff is just completely enhanced yeah. all over the room. I mean, they, they, they were able to get a substantial amount of source footage and materials from this. And, you know, he fully cooperated with the film since it's based on a book that he wrote or co-wrote. Right. And um, I think you had, uh, you know, U.S. Airways, obviously this is a sort of a feather in their cap story. So they provided, I think, as much access as they needed for audio and everything else. Right. Um, and, you know, they essentially built an entire airplane for the purposes of filming this. Right. They took it apart and brought it onto a soundstage. Yep. Put it back together. Put it in the water. Put put it it in in the water. water And had everybody's full passenger cast. Yep. A full plane getting off. 155 people getting off the airplane. That's right. And that is pretty damn impressive. That's cool. Um, So great movie. Highly recommended. Yep. You can't go wrong with Tom Hanks on anything. Just in general, but in this movie, he he plays Sullenberger very well. Yep. Anything more to add to that? No. <laughs> okay. We need a cough button. Yeah. We have a belch button. Uh, we don't have one of those installed yet. You do have a mute button, I heard. Uh, I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> Listen. We'll be back in a second. Okay. To regroup and talk about something Star Wars. Well, Star Wars. If I have it in me. And then you want to talk. I could be exhausted You want to talk about Snowden, too. It's going to be a two-hour show cut down to 30 minutes. It is. So be ready for that. Yep. Enjoy. Communities Digital News. Built by the writers and editors that deliver the news 24 hours a day. Visit comdiginews.com. That's C-O-M-M-D-I-G-I news.com. And support the next evolution in news. Mark Wahlberg's in it again? Mark Wahlberg he is, was good in the is, last one. is in the new Transformers, yeah. We're, <laughs> yeah, we're recording this. You just go right ne- in. Next week, I don't even have a chance. Next week. I'm looking forward to the lawsuits when this happens one time where I start talking about something I shouldn't be talking no, about. You got it on I'll, tape. I'll, and then you put it in the show. I'll edit it out. Next week, we're going to talk about our picks for 2017 movies we think are going movies to do well. Movies we want to see. Yeah, and wanna and that will do well, right? I mean, I know what movie you want to see in 2017, Episode Eight. I want to see the Aliens film. Which one? Prometheus Two. This. Well, whatever coming out next this year. Yeah, this the sequel to Prometheus. I want to see the Neil Blomkamp Aliens movie with Ripley and Newt. When's that coming out? They they punted it for Prometheus Two. That's right. I'm ready for that. Um. So you're going to talk Snowden, and you're going to talk... What's Denial. the other one? Denial. Okay. Quickly. Do it. Ta- no, you tell me. What do you think? I know that anytime I watch this movie with people, and I've watched it with two groups now, we get into an extended conversation that lasts about an hour on what do we think if this guy was a genius to be uh, celebrated or an evil villain. What do you think of Edward Snowden? I think that there is uh, two sides to a coin to a whistleblower. Right. And I think that in his mind, he felt it was necessary to share with the American people that they were being spied spied on. on At um, massive levels. At massive levels, which was unprecedented, in which the American people did not know. And I think 
you know, you have to give it, uh, give him credit for being able to stand up for his convictions and that he felt that this was something that the American people need, needed to know. And I do think that he wasn't being, he wasn't doing it for fame or money because he can completely kill his career and his relationships in doing so. Right. Um, I mean, obviously there's... Did you give me an answer yet? Because I started to fall asleep in the middle of that. Thanks. I'm sorry. Uh, the... You're giving me the two sides of the coin, which means you're not going to take a position. No, I mean, the challenge is, right, is that you have to assume that with a high level of, an, of surveillance that things are being prevented. Right. But it's a question of, are you willing to give up that freedom? And are you willing... Are you comfortable with that? I I feel like he was justified in his actions. Okay. And to the extent that he uh, blew the whistle on it, I don't necessarily know that I agree with how he went about releasing this information. I think he could have done it very differently, which would have protected him. Um, and in that case, I disagree with what he did. And, and, and not in what he did, but how he did it. Right. Because there are other ways that could have been done. Okay. Um, now, what Oliver Stone does here is he tries to humanize the man, um, lets us know about his relationship with his girlfriend, what he did at the NSA and the CIA, really interesting stuff, really like the movie from that point of view. His girlfriend's played by Shailene Woodley, mm -hmm. and I've yet to see anything resembling a good performance out of her. That's all I'm going to say. Um, the reporters that help him, Zachary Quinto is one of them. Mm -hmm. Tom Wilkinson's another one, a great character actor. I like the movie, but like Mr. Stoden fans are going to want to take that movie and and use it as a compliment to the Academy Award winning documentary Citizen 4, mm -hmm. which shows him like in the thick of things in his hotel room, real Snowden at work releasing the information and and all the paranoia that surrounded it. Right. And then that makes a really nice package. Mm -hmm. So the extras on the Blu-ray, best one. There's a 41-minute uh, previously simulcast discussion with Mr. Stone. By the way, Joseph Gordon-Levitt plays Edward Snowden. Very well. Fantastic. Miss um, Woodley's in on the simulcast. But, of course, we get mostly Mr. Snowden, the Mr. Snowden from Russia, talking about the movie, talking about why he did things, how he did things. He also talks about, he gives us tips on, um, on protecting your digital footprint. So that's really neat. Um, I mean, he's a very articulate guy. He's a very smart guy. Very pensive yep. when he speaks, yes. thinks about what he says. Yep. I mean, he, you can tell he really feels strongly that right. he did the right thing. Absolutely. And, you know, it, clearly changed the landscape of surveillance in this country uh, for better or for worse. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's a great cast. It's a great director. You can't go wrong with it. I can't say it's going to be as good as Sully because Sully is just better. You really, yeah. And you know, but you should, you should watch it. I will. Um, but once again, universal pulls a fast one on me. Uh, there is an optional commentary track out there with Oliver Stone which you know is going to be great, but you have to find it. In the package, there is a code that you have to go to iTunes, and then you must unlock it on iTunes as an iTunes extra, 
and then you can watch the movie on iTunes, and you can watch the Oliver Stone commentary track, which completely detracts from someone taking the disc, putting it in their machine, and watching the entire package in one shot. And it's doesn't <laughs> it just doesn't make any sense because this isn't it's not a 4K release in that you're it's right. only the film. It's a Blu-ray release. Right. Those things hold massive amounts of data, and there's no real reason that that why. couldn't have been on there. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm confused by that. It, it, I'm happy that I figured out the puzzle, but upset that I had to go through that much work to listen to Oliver Stone talk about his own movie. Yeah. The other one I want to mention from Universal is Denial, which is a um, courtroom drama, drama, historical courtroom drama about. This is like as absurd as it gets, and I kind of remember this happening. Um, book author and historian Deborah Leipstad was sued by famed Holocaust denier and fellow pseudo-historian David Irving um, because he, he, he said the Holocaust never happened, and she disagreed with him and called him a liar mm-hmm. and said certain things that... that caused it and it happened in an English court and watching this you will shake your head the entire time because you can't believe this is happening they have to reprove the holocaust and it's depressing to watch and it's sad but I you know I watched it with my 17 year old and he was riveted and if anything this film makes you remember Mm -hmm. it forces you to look at the absurdity of the situation on how somebody thinks they can repaint history like that. It's painful. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's a well done movie, nothing to talk about the digital transfer. That's great. The uh, extras are ridiculously bad, which is unfortunate because you would think with a historical drama, you could come up with some better pieces of, of stuff to put on there featurette wise. Yeah. I guess in that case it's, it's hard, right? I mean, right. cause how many times has this been covered? I mean, right. I mean, what are you, what, what unique perspective are you going to provide? I would have gone, I would have had a documentary on the Holocaust. I would have just thrown one in there Yeah, and just, and just to remind one. people, Hey guys, this, this is happened. real. This happened. This David Irving guys, I'm not going to say it. I don't want to get sued. This David Irving guy was wrong. Yeah. So, um, that's my two. Okay. All right. We have anything else? <laughs> On that upbeat note. Man, I feel like... You're exhausted? I feel like I need to go to sleep now. Oh, thanks. Ugh. It's not my fault you didn't watch the movies. You think I can carry segments myself? Well... You think I'm that fascinating? Well, next week we're going to just do another uplifting film in Deepwater Horizon. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which is just... Oh, that's... I mean, let's just keep the theme going while we're at it. But I'm going to tell you something. I'm going to tell you, I I watched the 4K UHD, and you know what? All the extras are on that disc. I've never seen that before. We'll go over that next week. Interesting. Yep. All right. Next week, it's Deepwater Horizon, and we're going to talk about movies we think are going to be awesome for 2017. My Mm. name is Todd Stowell. And my name is, we're going to detach the mute buttons from your (laughs) soundboard, Joe Zadkowski. (laughs) <laughs> and now here's some polka, an uplifting polka, an uplifting note to take you out and make you happy about life. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>